Give them the old razzle-dazzle, razzle-dazzle-um. Give them an act with lots of flash in it, and the reaction will be passionate. Give them the old... Here's your host, Alex Garrett. Well, last night, it was evident, and it was powerful, and it was on display, the razzle, the dazzle, from the Empire State Building. Just take a listen really quickly as what Macy's and... NBC4 and New York City all put together last night to honor America. It really was remarkable. And you hear the kids excited. It was great last night. People were social distance outside on Madison Avenue and elsewhere uh, underneath the Empire State Building where they, you know, they wanted to do this at top so no one could really gather, and I think they made it work. And I just, I was thinking, by the way, I didn't get to bed till 4 in the morning because, oh, the razzle and dazzle didn't really stop in the city. No, it was right outside my window at 4 in the morning, banging on the door, it felt like, with the fireworks right next door. My lawn chairs got, you know, you could see them light up because of the fireworks next door. That's how close they were. Anyway, I'm back. I did not do a show this morning um, because I had to rest up a little bit. Seven hours, by the way. I just got up uh, just a little while ago, to be honest with you. See, this is very transparent. That's what we are at Alex Garrett Podcast. That being said, um, what do we do after the razzle-dazzle? Are we going to go on with our lives or are we going to now... And for me personally, this is a bigger mission now, having read through... This book of, of living American documents, which I highly recommend getting, and I realize I haven't given you, and the um, the actual names of these three people: Isidore Starr, Paul Todd. And Merle Curdy Star. So there you have it. Uh, Those three names right there. It was published on New Year's Day, actually, 1961. And when you read back, the spirit is so alive in that book. These documents come alive in that book. And so to not let the razzle-dazzle be the end... My Sunday pod is actually going to be, and I because it was tough to share all three different pieces that I had put together for this weekend, Independence Day weekend, I want to now play you from Friday night, July 3rd, yesterday morning with Radio Hope, and then la- yesterday with the conclusion of the George Washingtonian spirit idea that these presidents have exuded over time. Uh, We're going to take a listen, uh, a look at all that. And I do think Washington deserves a lot of credit. After all, Commander-in-Chief of the Continental Congress, after all, First President of the United States, and I do address the fact that he had owned slaves, but a very, very interesting end-of-life happening. He released 
in his will, he freed the 123 slaves he could. I get into all that, but without further ado, here is this weekend's coverage of Independence Day 2020, starting with Friday night, July 3rd. We are about self-reliance in this country, about going to find the job, getting the job, working hard at the job, keeping the job, growing in the job. That's what I think Independence Day is. And I know they're trying to now bum rush Mount Rushmore and their beautiful fireworks are going to shoot off. And I hope that the people that want to go and burn the American flag tomorrow understand the struggles that we are here today. We had to go through today. Uh, we, we had to go through back then to get here today. Ten years of simply asking the king of Great Britain to be equal. And, of course, that, um, that was laughed at. So much so, do you know what happened after the Boston Tea Party? I just learned this in, in reading a book called The Living American Documents. They blocked the port. They blocked entry to the port. They had stripped representation from Massachusetts Bay because they did the Tea Party, because they didn't like the taxes that were being raised on them. They were blocked out. They were enforced. They had things enforced against them. Patriots in Boston. So, before you think about burning that flag tomorrow on Independence Day, before you think of burning that flag, just hear me out. Or hear anybody who loves the Declaration of Independence, loves history, loves the story of us becoming free, a free country. Because what your burning essence is saying, that 10-year struggle to become free is, is, is nothing to you. You just love being in this country because you can do freedom of speech and burn the flag and, you know, woohoo, we're going to be anarchists today. And they're playing on Gettysburg, okay? The most sacred spot for emancipation. The Gettysburg Address, and they want to burn an American flag on it. Do they not realize that was a place of progress for the country? Do they not realize that that speech, that ground is sacred ground? Abraham Lincoln delivering the Emancipation Proclamation for the freedom of enslaved peoples. He was saying we must be free, a free country. And so, when you think about going to that field tomorrow, when you think about maybe protesting in the streets of Manhattan, I don't know what they got planned. But I do know when you start an anti-American march on Independence Day, uh, that's an oxymoron. I think it's an oxymoron to burn the flag because that flag has been fought for, blood has been shed for, lives have been shed for, just to give you that right to do it. And it doesn't make sense 
to do it. And as a matter of fact, a, a Cub player had stopped a fan from burning an American flag in, I believe, Wrigley Field many years ago. So, don't do that. And thing is, people are thinking, or maybe some, I don't know exactly, but I certainly think people believe that this is a revolution we're seeing, the tearing down of statues, and now sports teams questioning whether they're going to be named or not. You know how we became to where we are today? We fought. As Patrick Henry would say, give me liberty or give me death. We fought for this freedom to be in America. The English fought to be free from their own king. The Magna Carta uh, happened. And that Magna Carta pretty much looks like our Declaration, our Bill of Rights, it's amazing how in 1215, even the British were getting tired of their king. The English wanted out. Uh, it feels so good to hear those fireworks, to be honest with you. But the, here's where my mind is pretty frazzled tonight. And this whole Independence Day weekend. Because, firstly, it seems the Democrats like to accuse Trump of doing everything King George did. And unfortunately, on a few points, I think President Trump could do better. Especially this point in the Declaration of Independence. This is very interesting, because we're dealing with the mask debate right now. I was in my basement reading over this book by a group called, uh, by last name, Star, Todd, and Curdy. They wanted this to be educational for the kids in the education system. So I'm in the basement reading about the freedoms that we have today, thinking I don't want to be under a mandated culture like I think Joe Biden would put us in. I don't think a mandate for masks is the answer. Mainly because we're not we're not built to be mandated. We aren't supposed to be mandated. We are supposed to be free, self-reliant people. Not mandated not people under mandated circumstances all the time. The, the states deciding whether to wear a mask or not, that's, that's, that is the beauty of America. States' rights, right there. But you can't put a mandate. Now, of course, Trump has not wanted to, as the Declaration would say, assent to a law that people believe would help people. Well, I think he made a great step finally saying, I'm all for it. People should wear it if they have to. But he's absolutely right. There should be no mandate for these masks. We didn't fight in the, in, you know, from 1215 to 1775 to Thomas Paine's 
common sense in January 1776. We didn't fight to be under a mandated state. I hope you know that. What did we fight for? <laughs> we fought to do just what I'm kind of doing here. Self-creating podcasting. S works of our own. Away from tyrannical beings. And I might get flack for this, but there's another line in the Declaration which I find really interesting for this time. And let me get you to that right now. I mean, the, 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 reading it line by line, it really opens your mind to different things. And, and here's what they say. They talk about that to secure these rights, these unalienable rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. The consent of the governed. Meaning, we, the people, can make the choices and the votes that we want. Meaning, I truly believe some of these lockdowns should have been voted upon. Because that is, that is the premise of who we are. Consent of the governed. We say how we want things done. All of a sudden, in March, and I was along with it because I, I, I truly believe that staying in for many would have helped save lives. I, I don't think staying in until we find a vaccine is the answer. But as these lockdowns kept going, and as you saw the protesters, and some got, you know, chewed out. Yeah, I wouldn't storm the Michigan Capitol. I think that was a little bozo move. I get why they did it, but it's crazy. Anyway, what did we do? We let the we we consented to the government around the country to govern us. We didn't have a say in any of this, and that still is a bit scary, especially when you read what J July Fourth, seventeen seventy six, is about. It's not about us consenting to the government. It's about us. Telling the government what we want, what we need. And I, I do think 2016 was evident of that. I think they were an evidence that we needed change. We needed a different voice. We needed someone not in the political sphere. And the silent majority showed that. And yeah, they're making big deals of polls as we talk about with Radio Hope. But. We, the people, did not have a say. And I, I think that is now, looking back, pretty alarming. I did send a letter, and I don't know if he, I guess he saw it, maybe Stafford saw it. I sent a letter to Andrew Cuomo saying, you know, um, 
I think if you want to extend the lockdown, you should have a referendum. Because that would truly live out what the Founding Fathers wanted to do. They wanted to have the consent of the governed. Not the government making us do something we may not want to do. On that note, with the freedoms, I I did start seeing a little more today. And uh, I enjoyed that. And I'm curious to see what the 4th of July brings. Independence Day, sorry, what Independence Day brings. And I think we're going to make this a two-part series. Because I do want to get into the speeches that, that, you know, Washington said, Jefferson said, and that's a little research to go. But heading into the Independence Day 2020, truly one like we've never seen before. Uh, I, I just have to say that if you reread it, there's probably some things that'll make your head go, why are, why are we comparing our president of today to that? And then there's parts of it that might, you know, make you think we were wish, wish you were back in those more freeing times. That we seem to have had post-Declaration of Independence. Look, there was a war. It was bloody. But the American Revolution has led us here today. And this weekend. And so we have to love that, respect it, honor it. Do what we can to make this country continue being great. I'm just not ready to let just even a 10-year battle alone to be free stop us, uh, you know, be ripped away, torn away. And I hope you aren't ready for that either. And I hope that you think extreme government measures is wrong. We have to somehow, some way, and because power and the human nature, maybe we won't, we have to somehow, some way, tell these politicians, hey, you guys are going to celebrate the 4th of July. You're going to celebrate Independence Day. Our independence, Philadelphia, 1776. Congress. Awesome. Great. Then give us back our say. Give us back our choices. Because, as I've said, debate. They wouldn't even debate the police reform bill on the Senate floor. I mean, debate is essential to moving us forward as a country, to continue the work of freedom. Look, the 1776, the 1950s with the Civil Rights Movement, and you've also got women's rights, LGBT rights. All these movements are in line with what the Founding Fathers wanted to begin with. 
which was freedom, which was choice to vote, choice to your body. Yes, that is true. Liberty, civil liberty here. And I feel it's at stake again when you see teams literally saying, we will see if this name is right for this time or not. There's a submission that I've seen over the last few months since the awful killing of George Floyd. But the submission I've seen is people apologizing for being white. People, you know, kneeling, um, how, how do I put this? Bowing before someone to say, I'm sorry, I'm white. That doesn't make sense to me. Freedom isn't getting death threats like Joe Silverstein was talking to me about the other night. And I'm sure some of those people that trashed his page are going to go out there and celebrate freedom. Really? How free are you thinking we're going to be here if you're trashing someone else? And then there's the um, the the experts, the doctors. Yes, Doctor Fauci is esteemed, but I, I've I've really felt we're hearing from one person <clears throat> about all this, and that's him. Because Doctor Rand Paul is being shut down for simply saying, "Hey, there's another few experts out here that want to talk. Can you let them talk?" And I think if we let that body <clears throat> govern along with our governments around the states, I just don't feel as free right now. <clears throat> I don't feel as free as we could be when we're seeing literally a chant become policy. 50A repeal is, is great. We need that to root out the corruption with the cops. What we don't need, however, is shifting things around as sort of a we get you, we hear you type of thing. When that's not the majority of New Yorkers. And I do say that the NYPD is keeping us safe and able to feel free. They're, heck, they're really... Uh, I know we've seen videos, but they've really, on the most part, not let things really get torn down here. The looting sure is awful to see. Seeing boarded up uh, 5th Avenue is, is terrible. And seeing businesses locked down on the most amazing... Day, uh, well, Thanksgiving is pretty amazing too, but on the most sacred, special, this is history that we honor every year. The history of our making every year. And to see businesses not able to be celebrating that, it hurts. It hurts the people. And so really, who is usurping us 
and our rights today? Is it the one rally that President Trump's held outside of tonight in Mount Rushmore? Or is it other leaders that seemingly thought keeping businesses closed while being proud of another phase coming in was the answer? I would say the latter. And yes, this day should not get political. But when I see plans of protests and all that, it, it, you have no choice but to react to that. And how the leaders react to it. Cuomo, to his credit, did say, you know, you guys won. You can go home now. Especially because COVID was still in the air. But I hope, my prayer, is that we all sense, have a sense of freedom. Have a sense of intactness around us. And not a jarring thing that we see on TV almost nightly now. Because what we see on TV is not the actual reality. People are shopping. People are talking to each other. People are being social now. More so than I think I think before, although that's partly because I've not been out as much. Now I'm finally getting out a bit. But this is... This is where I still believe in the freedoms. When I see people still out and about living their life. That's the freest thing you could do. Yeah, you might need a mask for the now. And I pray it's only for now. But at least we're still able to go around, have those stores open. I just hope this weekend the mayor and the governor get inspired to truly open up more business so that they can feel that freedom of being open again. That freedom that that eagle felt when it was out of that cage and back into the wild, screeching in happiness, in, 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 I think, almost ecstasy. Like he was, he or she was happy to be out of that crate after suffering lead poison remarkable just to see that visual of him flying how much of a metaphor is that for today we're flying back baby jobs are coming back let's just make sure all jobs and all businesses can fully operate because they need to experience freedom as well on the day independence day that we celebrate our cherished and fought, hard-fought battle that I think still wages on in, in, in many ways. Because the spirit of the Founding Fathers never gives up. We just evolve. We just work at moving this country forward. And... Again, it's a thing where both everybody seems to think they know how to move us forward. Instead of conglomerately, collaboratively, just like the colonies did, make efforts to truly talk to each other. Because that cause for America 
and cause for humankind that Thomas Paine wrote about in Common Sense, that cause is still here to stay completely free, completely open of our job, of our, you know, nation. All right, stay tuned for more Independence Day coverage after this. to the Sunday Pod. I'm Alex Garrett, Alex Garrett Podcasting, Alex G in NYC, continuing now with uh, coverage with Radio Hope, Mike Myers, as we discussed 4th of July and Independence Day on July the 4th. You now hate a speech that is focused on America? So then are we anti-Trump here or are we sort of leaning into anti-America. That's kind of how I feel when I see these arguments now. It's it's getting crazy. So, so this morning, for some reason, I don't know why I ended up looking this up, but Romans 16, verse 17, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. Mm. Wow. And Very yet... Or to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that you have, but do it with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against you, your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Wow. So it's just really doing things in a, in the right way. Right. And by the way, Right, I, right, right, I almost, right. I don't know if you do this or if you have done this before on such a momentous and say, so this is a his sacred holiday, um, July the 4th. Mm. But I don't know if you've done this, but I kind of almost teared up thinking like all this stuff I've been through. And by the way, I'm cutting out the cursing because I want these to be demo reels for a possible radio show, so I'm going to not curse anymore. Anyway. Good um, for you. Good. Uh, anyway, I just almost teared up. I'm like... You know, the last four years under Trump have been tough for me personally because I've undergone a lot of different, not abuses, but people telling me I'm this, that, and the other. I've had three different relationships that failed. Um, So I'm just thinking, here I am sitting here today, happier than I've been in a while on the 4th of July, and that is godly, and it's just nice to be able to celebrate it. And then you think back and like, my deeper thing is a kid in the, in the queue for 77 days could then be on July 4th, 2020, speaking about the Declaration of Independence. There's something chilling about that. I don't care how many times I say it. I'm just going to keep hammering it home because there's something that matters to me about that. It's up. Oh, it's something that matters. Hmm. It, it does. Last night uh, when the they were doing the fireworks you know, behind Mount Rushmore, I had this, this was one of those moments you're talking about. Mm. I had my uh, little granddaughter on my knee as we're watching. She's just glued to the screen on my computer. I'm, I got goosebumps on my freaking goosebumps. 
Oh my gosh, it was just powerful. And I am proud mm. to be an American. I am very blessed. Mm. And I'm glad you said what you did just now because it, it's just a reminder that, you know, we've come a long way, baby. Yeah, we all have. And to you get and where we've too, got yep. to today. And by <clears> the way, um, that, that what you just said intact, this is what I feel too. We have to recognize that turning off our social media, turning off our face, our, our TVs, you just see the world around you. We're still intact. There's still a nation intact, despite what they want you to tell us. There's still a nation intact. So, last night, and this has to do with what you're talking about, I'm not, uh, fireworks. Mm -hmm. We had fireworks. <laughs> and I was really encouraged this morning on Facebook. This is why I don't think I can completely disconnect because it was very positive. There were so many people thrilled with the local display of fireworks. And I know there are a lot of people that weren't very happy. My neighbor lady was not a happy camper. My wife, still not a happy camper. And I mm -hmm. said, well, you know what? I It's just different. I, I'm, I'm glad they weren't right next door to me because I don't want my house burnt down. But That's what I was worried about, too, because I hear them right next door. It's like a little unnerving when they're literally right in front of your house. <laughs> well, and I did, and they were all around my house. And in fact, there were, there were so many fireworks shot off last night. It was like a it was like a <laughs> fog that moved through the neighborhood. It was very humid, and, and but I really I sat out there with my beer, my Doritos, and my cheese, and just really enjoyed the evening. I was just thinking of this. There are still businesses closed down on July the fourth because of yeah lockdown that's still going on, and. I think of them too on this day. I real I think of the business owners that on a normal 4th of July would be able to be open and they're just not. And it's, it hurts to know that even 244 years later, some freedoms like having your business open still has to be fought for. Uh, yeah. And there are places that are now, do you, are you guys mandated in New York city to wear masks still or not? We are required and only in different places, but not when I'm outside. Like you're not totally required to, you won't get fined if you're not. Let's put it. You know, the Go other ahead. thing about, I just, I also love that I was picked up on self-reliance because this conversation just turned to that feel to me. Like our country was made to do what we want to do on our own time. So we don't have to bow down. In fact, the submissive culture that I'm seeing now is so ridiculous. We're submitting in ways that are saying we can't have Aunt Jemima anymore. We're submitting in ways that are saying we uh, we can't call it the master bedroom now. You know, John Legend called that out and he said, well, why aren't we giving blacks an opportunity to get better housing? Why are we worried about the name of a bedroom when we can't even get the communities into better housing? I'm like that is so spot on. Like we we we're missing the point when we do all this. I'm sorry, Aunt Jemima's syrup being renamed won't stop. You know, won't <laughs> stop the ridiculous. next altercation. 
it's ridiculous. And now these teams are going to reevaluate what their names are. It's it, it's really. And I wouldn't well, mind it if it was done out of the goodness of someone's heart. But when you think of it in the bigger picture of the submissive culture to to a sector you, that wants us to eradicate everything, that bothers me 20,000 times over. Well, I did I did file a complaint with uh, Sam's Club. Oh no, why? Well, because when we were there the other day, I did notice that um, you can still buy black pepper. <laughs> no, but seriously, I couldn't find Aunt Jemima syrup. Is there Aunt Jemima syrup or is it just pancake mix? There's syrup. I mean, there was bottles of syrup. I took a picture of it. Actually. Well, all I saw was Mrs. Butterworth's. What's and that? I was, a, What's her I was, a, huh? What's her deal, Mrs. Butterworth? Well, I mean, you got Mrs. Butterworth, then then you got Aunt Jemima. You got, I mean, I I cannot have Aunt Jemima syrup available. I I thought that was no, no, I didn't. I just can't but, keep it. Just there's so many things I just want to. Well, and this is ma- the bigger picture. make fun of. This yeah. is the bigger picture, Michael. Have you ever read the Have you ever read the Declaration of Independence from first word to last? <sighs> Probably one time in school, maybe I don't know. I read it last night, the whole thing, oh. and I feel kind of nerdy, but I did. And I felt why myself, do you feel Why do you feel nerdy? I don't know. Like it's, it's it, most people my age on a Friday night would be out drinking. I'm here reading the declaration. So I guess I'm on the better foot. And and I, and I thank God that you are one of those people that, you know, you're not the, you're right. You're not the normal 28 year old. Well, also, cause I prepared a podcast that I really was interested to do because I wanted to speak on all this and I wanted to delve into it. But here's a line that I find very interesting from the declaration of independence. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. Governed. Us. We consent to what the government does. So why do we spend a few months here literally letting them have us consent to them? That's not what the Declaration is about. And now we're talking to a mandatory mask thing federally? No, that's a state's issue. That is not a federal issue, in my opinion. So, people that understand. Here's here's a, for instance, I uh, had a guy on here a while ago, and uh, I think there's some new updates here. Institution on the Constitution, lesson number 11, the Constitution course. This is a free course. I haven't even gotten through lesson number one. And yet at the time I was talking to this guy, I was so pumped about the constitution. I can't freaking, I mean, what's most important. That's what it comes down to. What is, what's most important. Our country is extremely important. And I see it going down because we don't know what our constitution says. I don't even know if we know what the Declaration says. If you don't read it, you don't know it. So it's like oh, people know sounds that like line. the Bible. It, yeah, well, and if people see that line and hear that line, deriving their just power from the consent of the governed, that hopefully wakes people up a little more. I don't know. 
can only do what I can, I guess. Um, and Mike, you're doing what you can too. Well, I have a, I have a booklet on the Constitution on my desk here somewhere. You think? And I have read it. I had it by my bedside a couple of times, probably been six months ago. But I did end up reading the whole thing. And uh, I think it's important that we know what the Constitution says and quit letting other people, you know, regurgitate it for us and say, well, this is what it really says. No, this is what it says. And by the way, did you know this was a 10-year struggle? This is amazing to me. Patrick Henry, the give me liberty or give me death uh, speaker, Uh said it to the Continental Congress, you know, that they've for 10 years – worked on trying to wake the king up. Hey, we need, you're not treating us fairly. You're treating us different than England. You're not, you're treating us as if you own us. 10 years, they were negotiating. Well, we got into a war and we won the war. And so I just can't, I, I am amazed that it took 10 years. And now my bigger picture is, if it took 10 years to get this country free, why are we gonna throw it away? In one year or two years? If it took 244 years, then 10 more. So that's like 254 years to get this country where it's supposed to be. Why are we determined to let... And I'm not saying everybody's determined, actually. And that's not... Right. But but I feel like there's a general sense of letting this thing all be okay. Letting the statues come down. Letting this and the other happen. Uh, And and that's like erasing 254 years of progress. And I, as much as I hate to say it, I think it's because a lot of us are just extremely apathetic. It's like we don't, I hate to, I hate to, it's like we don't care. I mean, I'm talking about myself right now. Am I going to stand? Oh, it reminds me of a great song. Stand, stand, and stand. Mm. Just stand. No, you need to kneel. You need to bow down. No, I need to stand. I am going to stand. When it comes, I, I'm 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 still extremely proud to be an American. Not false pride, but just we have a an amazing country. And like somebody has said, it might have been you. This this country falls. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't this like the last bastion of? That's what they of, call us. I think that's what they literally call us. The last bastion of hope. I think is what they say. <laughs> So we continue with this sort of part three of my Independence Day features. I did one last night, did one this morning with Radio Hope. Thank you, Mike Myers, for joining as usual. Uh, Alex Garrett podcasting here. And there's one final component. I know I said I was going to talk about Jefferson, but I got so immersed in our first president, George Washington's final address, which for those of you who are Hamilton enthusiasts and you watched last night, you might know that he helped. He did, in fact, write Washington's farewell address. But I want to kick this off at the top, because as he even says in his speech, Honesty is the best policy. And we we need a Washington spirit, a Washingtonian spirit. Because he saw and he said things that were coming down the road that 
in its 244th official year of existence. America has seen just this last couple months. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the honest truth is, yes, George Washington in Mount Vernon was a slave owner. In fact, in his uh, mountvernon.org, which honors the first president of the United States, honors the man who was commander of the Continental Congress that willed us to freedom. They also say we must honor those that were enslaved in Mount Vernon, rightfully so, and the work that they did, and the contributions they did. But here's the happy ending to that story. In his will, George Washington freed the 123 slaves that he legally could, Martha Washington, in her previous marriage, had acquired slaves of her own. But by law, they acquired these different slaves. And unfortunately, they could not be freed under the law of America at that time. But in, in 1799, George Washington did become the only slaveholding founding father to free his slaves. And so he practiced what he preached. Some might say, why didn't he do it when he was, when it was earlier? And that's a valid point. He said that if he was to talk about this as present, he would divide the nation even more. But to then go and free the slaves he could, 123 of them, that's a bright light into that part of Mount Vernon. He inherited, actually, at the age of 11. And he saw it was wrong. He did did permit uh, punishment. But, like anybody who should be given a second chance, George Washington, at the end of his life, decided to free the slaves that he had owned. 123 of them. And it's that message of freedom that I think he carried through his presidency. Therefore, he should not be torn down. Therefore, his face should not come down from Mount Rushmore. And for Mount Vernon to address this and have actually 10 facts you could find, is pretty admirable. And they've even made a memorial to those enslaved. 317, by the way, at the end of Washington's life. But he was able to free those who he could. And then you, you, you watch and you, well, you, you take a look at his farewell address. Again, America's Living Documents is the book I'm reading and immersing myself in. Uh, probably past Independence Day, because I know this is a conversation that doesn't end here. Today is our 244th birthday, but it's a conversation that doesn't end here. Tell me what you think about when I tell you what he had to say on the spirit of the party system. It forments riots and insurrection right there. 
right there in and of itself. You don't have to look much further than that to see that he had a vision of what would happen if we became a party system. And here's the fascinating part to me reading this today. I got this fast pass tag, whatever this is from Vote NYC. And the party is BLK. I don't know what that meant, so I googled it. No party affiliation, which is accurate. I'm a blank slate in the state of New York's party system or voting system. I am independent. And that's okay. Because I really am trying to see from both sides of the aisle here every day in, I think, what we believe is all our fight for freedom. The fight never ends. The fight just continues. In legal lawsuits, in other ways, in trying to get a kid back, like the Simons last week talked about on this very Saturday sit-down. Seeing Ralph Walder's uh, Emerson self-reliance was not an accident. I'll continue more on that as well. But you talk about the first person to really, well, not the first, because there was many. Patrick Henry wanted to be self-reliant. There were so many going into this. But Washington was our first president. And his vision for what would happen if we became a two-party, three-party, whatever system, a party system, is coming true to this very day. He talked about government waste, saying excess, and that we would, as a public, want to get rid of it. That's why cutting... uh, Look, cutting city... In here in New York City, 22,000 jobs, what they're looking at, that's crazy. But if we could cut government waste the most we can, I think we can all agree that's a great idea. I think we can also agree that uh, slowing down these stimulus checks would be helpful. Again, we don't want this country to say, hey, look, we could just get stimulus checks the rest of our lives. We want to be self-reliant. We want to go the way of jobs going up in America. Washington will want that. That's what today is about, is businesses going back in full force. People talking to each other. Being open to friendship. But here's where I find the most interesting part of what we're seeing today in Washington's farewell address, which, by the way, was September 17th, 1796. He talked about not entangling with European ambition, rivalship, and all that we've seemingly done is entangle ourselves with that through accords and whatnot. And so, if we're upset at Russia interfering with us, and and not leaving us alone, then when the president acts to 
keep us first. Yeah, I think there's some merit to that. I think Washington would agree. Now, what is interesting is, and I think the riots and insurrection is a result of both parties, I have to say, if I'm being honest. He also went on to talk about, so so the European Union, the EU, banning our guys, our people, uh, our Ameri- banning Americans from going over there due to COVID is what it is at the moment. But the, the to, to say that we should be involved in the European Union and their decision making and their accords does not live up to Washingtonian spirit. It does not. How about this one? Washington even discussed the accumulation of debt. As of right now here in America, we are about $22, 23000000000000 trillion in debt. And is, is getting rid of the two-party system going to get that down? No. But is possibly fixing these packages during the COVID relief to where the debt wouldn't have to soar as we continue to go on here. That'd be nice. These budgets that are always signed, I find, are are very not what the American spirit is, to be honest with you. And I meant that before COVID. It balloons a lot of things, and it is that ballooning that President Washington warned us of. He did talk about the foreign influence that will be had because of the two-party system. Which, And I'm going to get Dustin Lawson. I don't know if you remember him. He's the former speechwriter at the White House. He created the Logos Party. He's Dr. Democracy. We'll talk to him. He wrote a book called Dr. Democracy. We'll talk to him. Uh, on Tuesday about all of this because I'm as I read I'm fascinated even more and thank you mom for for yeah loaning me this book to give me a chance to really find out more about our history he talks about against the insidious wiles slide tricks of foreign influence the jealousy of a free people ought to be constantly awake Since history and experience prove that foreign influence is one of the most baneful foes of Republican government. So if we can work to stop influencing in this 2020 election, I'm all for it. And so this is where I find a fine line between um, neutrality and foreign influence when it comes to President Trump. And any president, actually. Now, I've only been at this the last few years, to be very real with you. I really have. Uh, but I've seen a lot in the last four or five years. Heck, I even survived a few breakups along the way to get here today. But anyway. um, And what I've seen... 
is that I could see where Trump is a bit Washingtonian in the way he's trying to uh, get Russia in line with Western civilization. I don't agree with the G7 invite. That's true. I think that's where that that line gets blurred because, well, what is Russia going to do? They're going to try and influence everybody at that G7. We don't want that, including America. But when he's constantly asked about the foreign influence of our election, I mean constantly. If he were to tell Putin to his face, yeah, I think you did something here. With an intel agency, by the way, that was pretty battered uh, in 18, already by all these news reports of Strzok and Page and whatnot. But I think he, he is trying to play it cool. I hope he is, anyway. Trying to play cool so there's no war and no um, escalation. We've already seen Russian jets try and intercept, uh, being intercepted over our Alaska skies. We've already seen battleships heading into Russian waters um, and, and waters to try and defend the waters against Russia. So they're always active. And this constantly awake, jealousies of a free people constantly awake is so true. You know, we just had a lockdown. And there's no partial lockdown across the country. And I thought the biggest thing that we could do is let our guard down against Iran and Russia and North Korea. And thankfully, we did not. We saw boats were being harassed. We went after those boats in Iran. We saw aggression by Russia. We went after that. So, while Washington does claim neutrality, and this is the, this to me, not the neutrality part, because I, I think Americans who want to help people become free should be able to. Not to the point of replacing someone. That's not our call. That should be the people's call wherever a revolution might be taking place. Not our call as a government. But what inspired, what was transpiring after, just four years after we declared independence, was the French Revolution. So we inspired France to be free from Great Britain, and then, you know, of course, from their own guillotine chopping government. Silly me, I thought there was some reversal where France came first and we came second. No, no, no. We were the first. We, as Andrew Cuomo likes to say in all his press conferences, led the way. And so we lead the way on this. France wants to become independent, starts a war with Great Britain, Prussia. Uh, Of course, that was Russia at the time. Uh, Austria. And and many of Europe at the time. Washington says we cannot get involved with that. We have to stay neutral. And if you don't stay neutral, you could be losing your United States privileges. 
And to me, that regardless of the analysis I read, I do think Americans that want to help out another person be free should be able to help them out. I think it's an individual thing. I don't think it's a government deal. Although we are, as American, as a country, are supposed to be lending a helping hand. But to the what extent? It shouldn't be to put in a new leader just because we want to. No, that should be a country-based, people-based edict in these other countries where we do want to see freedoms happen. And progress made. And I I hope Washington would agree. But as I'm reading all of this, I'm just thinking to myself, do I have a Washingtonian spirit within me to not be party affiliated? To not stand for rioting and insurrection? To not even stand for debt? And by the way, to agree that Focusing on ourselves isn't a bad thing. We became free because we focused on ourselves. As a country. As colonies, even. And so we're here today because of that focus. And I I believe that we need to get back to that focus. What... You're not going to like what I say here. And by the way, I want to make clear President Trump, President Obama also decried the rioters. Can we just state that as a fact? That President Obama did not sit down, taking this easy, when Baltimore was under, literally under fire, rioting going on, their mayor saying, Obama took time to say, hey, these guys are rioters and thugs and they should not be listened to. And he basically told them to stop it. So no president has ever been okay with riots. 1992, President George H.W. Bush implements National Guard to prevent more rioting in 92 in L.A. So we all have seen, in one form or another, even though the media may not cover it, Washingtonian ideals. I was passing through on Declaration of Independence Day, by the way, on July the 4th, passing through uh, Hoover Avenue and Coolidge Avenue. And what I knew about Hoover, Herbert Hoover, I believe, was his presidency that we were in a Great Depression. I know he gets flack because he apparently went fishing. Let, let me just make sure I got my history right on this. He signs into law the Emergency Relief Construction Act lending $300 million to the states for relief. In our textbooks, this picture of him fishing during the Great Depression. But I thought to myself, hey, uh, you know, he was trying to get us out of that. Come on. Let's give these presidents of all, of, of both parties, credit. In one way or another. You don't have to like everything they did. But let's find the Washingtonian spirit in leadership. Instead of totally bashing them, tearing them down, telling them they're not good enough. America is built on debate, yes. America is also built on hope, I think, anyway. And now, believe it or not, 
Washingtonian uh, Washington's speech was actually a dark one. He had foretold a lot of what we're seeing today. Animosity of one party against another, meaning one person against, you know, a group of people against another. He foretold all this. We didn't listen. Well, I'm listening, and I'm reaching across the aisle, since we do have the party system, I'm also going to talk to people who want to find a different way. And I hope you join me. I hope you join me in a Washingtonian spirit that says, hey, we know this was predicted 200 plus years ago. 20 years after the independence, this was this was predicted. So, are we going to let these predictions live out? Or are we going to actually heed Washington's call and crack down, really, on the excess, on the abuse, on the foreign influence that we do see? And on the discourse that we're, we're seeing among us, are we going to crack down on that and say, hey, let's change the narrative? Let's bring us together? You know, he also said, and this is probably one of the best sticking points to me. Well, I'll leave you with this. Well, yeah, this was the thing. The unity of government, which constitutes one people, is also now dear to you. So, let's question, but let's have faith in each other as one people. And that will be the health of the Union. And then here, here, here is my, my favorite line of all this. Interwoven as is the love of liberty with every ligament of your hearts. No recommendation of nine is necessary to fortify or confirm the attachment. So today, July 4th, 2020, 244 years later, do you feel that liberty and that love of liberty and ligaments of your heart enough to help others stay free? Enough to make sure your neighbors stay free the best uh, and protected? This is not a day to just watch the fireworks and figure out whatever they're going to be. This isn't a day to just eat the hot dogs and everything. It is a day, as I'm reading this, furthermore, to really, really honor the fight that got us here, continue the fight to stay free, and continue the love that each other had back then to be free. The reason why we're a country is because people loved each other. They didn't want to see people be hurt by intrusion and invasion. We're communities supporting each other and should be doing that even more. Let the ligaments of liberty stay interwoven in your heart and let us all stay a perfect union. They always say the more perfect union. And to do that is to really be self-reliant, be a friend and someone to each other, and to provide a better discourse for our nation.
That is my third and final part of the series. I hope you listen back. Alex G in NYC is my Twitter. Alex G in NYC is my Twitter. God bless you, your family, your loved ones. Your selves. And God bless, as he would call it, our real independence.